When do you feel have been your biggest flow moments or impacts? Have you got a, a memory or two going back and maybe in previous performances where everything, the kind of almost the world disappeared and um, you were completely immersed in that moment and um, your conscious mind was kind of out of the way, um, almost time maybe kind of stretched, but then it suddenly went really quickly and there was that filled with paradoxes of feeling out of control but completely empowered and in control of everything. Um, have you have you got sort of clear examples in yeah, I think the clearest is my racing days, and especially the most recent was the Tune Rest in London in 2012. I can clearly, pretty clearly remember that one. Okay, so tell me what happened. What what were you doing leading up to it? Were you feeling good? Were you pretty focused? Definitely focused. It, it was, you know, my favorite event, so really the one I was looking forward to and training for and prepared for. And, uh, you know, everything was going according to plan. I was hoping to have gone faster the, um, you know, the, the prelims or the semifinals before I was hoping to break the time. So there was, you know, the pressure, but it was also, you know, just kind of building up to this moment that I'd been preparing for and everything kind of felt like it was falling into line. And I, I didn't necessarily feel physically at my best. I did the night before. But that night, the mental challenge was, oh, you don't, you don't feel as good as you did the night before. And um, so it was just the routine. It was following my routine despite feeling sluggish in the water. You know, it's just ignoring those things and sticking to the routine, doing it as I've done and as I've prepared to do. And, um, you know, kind of going through that uh, pre-race, not only warm-up, but, but the emotions that go into when you're lining up, when you're walking out, when, when the crowd goes wild and they announce your name. Like, all those things were kind of anchored into emotions that I had placed in there, you know, or kind of created there uh, based on past experiences, but also visualization and whatnot. So everything was definitely coming together. And, um, you know, I just kind of remember stepping up on the blocks and having this moment of, you know, I don't think I can do this. I knew I could win, but I didn't think I could break 220, which was my goal. And, and I remember thinking, I don't, I don't think you can do this, but, but then, you know, that, a second voice that, that popped in that said, doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you're going to do it. It doesn't matter. And so that's kind of, I think, what took me into that flow state because I don't remember too much. After that, it kind of went into autopilot. It went into, it doesn't matter how you feel. And I, I kind of held on to the moments that I, that I, or the thoughts that I chose to hold on to and let go of the rest. And I suppose once the race started, it was, it was just, following the game plan. Everything was, you know, a lot like you had described with, with flow state is everything was firing on all cylinders. Everything was appropriately, you know, the right amount of effort, the right amount of um, technique going into the turn. Everything was kind of just coming together. You know, any moments of doubt that I had were quickly pushed away to just keep you know, it inside that flow and not let myself be distracted by any thoughts of I can't do this or blah, blah. Definitely felt the, the, the slowing down and the control. Um, that, was, that was neat. <laughs> and, 
you know, almost pushing aside the pain and the, the ones that started to get towards the second half, the end of the race, pushing aside the, the pain that was very familiar, but also not a good thing. So, um, and then, you know, pretty much coming up to the last five or 10 strokes was when I probably snapped out of it. Um, and, you know, knew that I was doing pretty well. And by then you just kind of get to the wall and, and then celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then celebrate and say, thank goodness I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So a few things there for me that were really interesting. One, when you said you were, uh, you heard that voice within that kind of said, you're going to do it, you know, let's just go. Um, were you standing on the blocks or was that kind of just before when you were kind of preparing? And It was, it was right before you step up on the blocks. Okay. And then did yeah. you kind of make a choice to kind of actively listen to that voice or did yeah. you just, it just, yeah. it just took over or? Um, what can you explain a little bit how what happened around then? I I think it was a little bit of both of choosing to listen or to to follow that voice as opposed to the other, and also it just taking over. It was somewhere in the middle. It was choosing because it was a voice that I I feel like I created, you know, and and that's where a lot of my mental strengths in sports were. I didn't necessarily know what I was doing, but I created it over time, over practice, every day in practice, you know, what you're thinking, what you're focusing on. And also in past competitions, past moments of standing behind the block, the same place that I was right there, what I used, you know, what I had felt, what I should have felt, you know, with each race that I'd done got better and better and better more towards, you know, this ultimate moment, I suppose. And at the same time, so while I feel like I had built it and I had created that voice and, and the, you know, the intuition to follow it, there was also the strength in that that kind of took over and made it easy to follow, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And is that voice a familiar voice? Like, have you kind of heard that before in other scenarios? In swimming, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in swimming. Yeah, I, I can't say I've... I've harnessed it too much outside of swimming or been able to yet that's that's definitely a goal but in swimming it's a very familiar voice and you know the confidence and and the the mental skills essentially that um, I felt like I did a great job of building those without really realizing it but but yeah absolutely okay and where does that voice kind of come from do you feel you know is it associated with your head or your heart or your soul or a higher spirit or just kind of the inner workings of you or how would you kind of explain without uh, being too cheesy um first thing that comes to mind is is it's my true self my true nature before all the outside factors are placed upon it so that is my my true nature and call it the spirit universe, whatever, that bigger thing that we're all a part of that, you know, can guide you and whatnot. But yeah. that inner voice that tells you what you would think if you didn't have all the fears and if you didn't have all the pressures and the outside things that you've put upon yourself, which everyone experiences, of course. Um, but that's kind of how I would, how it feels for me. Yeah. And if you were to... Um... Uh, you know, give a young swimmer advice now, 
you know, in order to you know, listen or to trust that voice or develop it or to distinguish it between the kind of the mental chatter that goes on. How would you, what, what advice would you give? I would give them the advice that it's all about practice. You know, it's all about regularly checking in with, with that and regularly taking the time to create that voice. Um, the, the first thing really is just believing that you have the choice, <laughs> you know, believing that it's up to you to create what it is that you want to create within yourself. And, and that is what kind of guides you throughout. So it, to me, it's all about practice and repetition of getting in touch with that voice or with the thoughts that you have in, in your mind. You know, we, we go autopilot, you know, we let stuff happen to us, especially as kids. We're not really in control of our lives yet. We have our coaches and our parents and our teachers who all tell us where to be at what time. And, and, you know, you don't, you just kind of show up and do it and show up and do it. But uh, what I try to, to tell kids is you, you have to kind of slow down and turn inside a little bit and see okay, what's actually happening up here. What are the thoughts I think most often and how are they actually affecting me? Cool. Mm. Going on to the next bit I found really interesting was when you, you, you could feel the pain, you know, but you needed to kind of push on through. Um, how did you push on through that pain and... Um, you know, what was important to you? I think, you know, every time you race, it's painful. You know, every time you train, it's pretty painful as well. So pain was definitely something that, that we get used to as athletes. And there, you know, in my best races, there felt like there was less pain. So while the pain was there, it did feel like, like less or at least maybe it was not as much pain, but it was also not as much focus on the pain. And so it was that, you know, focusing elsewhere, whatever that was that I was focusing on, it was, you know, almost not thinking while focusing on the, you know, small details and, and controlling the things in your control. And pain was not one of those things that I was thinking about. And so while the pain was there, it was also a common thing it wasn't like wow I'm feeling pain for the first time it was, it was something that we trained for and, and so at the presence of pain there was no freak out you know sometimes that happens on, on you know 99% of races you start to feel the pain and you're like oh but now what you know then then what am I going to do the next half of the race or I still have a hundred to go and uh, you know, you start going down that road of thinking, but there was none of that. So I'm sure that, you know, the pain was there, but it was it was not being focused on. And it was just kind of choosing to look towards the finish line and, and focus in on the small details that needed my attention. And the rest was just kind of said, this is normal. That's what you're supposed to feel. That's a good sign. And just kind of went from there. Cool. Do you kind of still get a little tingle in the kind of back of the neck and stuff when you think about hitting the wall and kind of yeah. jumping out or grabbing the lane rope or whatever you did. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that moment was, was probably like the set, the last half of the lap, you know, more so okay. than the finish itself. Cause once I finished, then it was like, Oh, thank goodness. Cause it's like the pressure's <laughs> off and like, you know, that whole yeah. part was, was more of a thank goodness, but it was that last half lap that I knew what I was doing, and I, I knew that 
you know, what I was creating as far as the race I put together and the time was, was what I'd done, you know? So mm. yeah, it definitely is exciting. It's, it's exciting. You know, okay. I've only watched the race a handful of times to keep that excitement. Okay. And, um, you know, to think on that definitely gives me those goosebumps. Yeah. I remember you saying earlier, actually kind of towards the end, you kind of came out of flow cause you were like, Oh, I'm nearly there. <laughs> keep <that away. laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So it was around that time. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my moment that gives me, you know, those exciting thoughts. Okay. And from what you understand of flow and the flow yeah. state, a what is it meant to you, um, and b what do you feel it could do for other people? I think it's incredibly important just knowing what it's done for my swimming career um, and. It's also incredibly interesting because I, I think it's one of those things that if you don't take the time to find it or to use it, um, you know, you, you come across it accidentally every once in a while, but you don't really harness it um, as you're teaching people to do. Uh, you know, it's something that you don't necessarily know you don't have when you don't have it. And so to create that awareness of, you know, the the it's not necessarily a necessity because it's not like food and water. Like you won't die if you don't reach that flow state, but that's what makes, you know, kind of takes life to the next level as far as enjoyment as well as performance. And so, you know, it's that field of this is really good for you and it'll make you really happy, but you don't really, you know, when you're not in it, when you're missing it, then you don't, you can't identify, oh, I just don't have flow in my life. You know, you just, you look at all the other things you don't have and, and, uh, you don't know what it is you're missing. And so it's, to me, it's this, you know, easy and really fun tool that, that kind of helps take you and your life to the next, to the next level. So I think it's incredible and amazing and, and, you know, definitely makes me want to figure out, you know, how I can use it more in my life outside of sports. Yeah. And how, how do you think it could help others? You know, finding flow for anybody can take them to a happier level or, or a state where they're enjoying what they're doing, which I think, you know, can be missing from a lot of people in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, especially when you're doing the same thing again and again yeah. and again and again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it. How was that for you, kind of like recalling um, a kind of a flow experience? And does that kind of give you a bit more of a connection with it or um is it kind of clear for you yeah definitely i mean it, it was fun to look back on and 